0: Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, number 46. This interview is with Scott Weitz, founder and CEO of Driver Digital, specialized in driving viewers and interaction with video media across all measure of platforms. Previously, Scott founded Driver Media with my longtime friend from university, J.D. Williams. We all know that video is a hot commodity online. Great video is hotter still, especially when you know how to distribute it. If you're curious about that, you'll want to listen up to Scott. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T H E M Y N D S E T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. I'm on Skype, so bear with us on technical issues. On the other end of the line in New York, I have um, the partner of a dear friend of mine, J.D. Williams. And so, Scott, tell us who you are and what you do. Uh,
1: So I'm the CEO of Driver Digital and the founder of Driver Media. Uh, Your partner, your your friend from Yale and I started Driver Media about 12 years ago. We produce uh, television commercials for some of the world's leading brands. We work for some of the largest agencies in the world, from BBDO to McCann Erickson, et cetera. We work the brands that we work with uh, over the years that we've been in business are certainly global brands, from uh, Pepsi, Coke, AT&T, like a, a Pantene. From uh, Pant, we work for J. C. Penny. This, certainly, in the United States, over the course of our businesses, we work with some of the biggest stars in the world. We worked for, uh, we worked with Canon cameras and their relationship with Maria Sharapova. We used to work with Tiger Woods a lot more than we do now with his relationship with General Motors. We, uh, currently, are working on uh, some work with Ellen DeGeneres with her relationship with J.C. Penney. So we really began creating television commercials, and about twelve years ago, we were like a, a standalone, independent agency production department, similar to a production department that you would find inside of a company like BBDO. But uh, we took that out, allowed other people at other agencies and corporations directly to tap into it. And we expanded the skill set uh, aside from just overseeing production companies throughout the world and executing campaigns on behalf of brands. We began to have direct production, music capabilities, etc. Within that context, we had Coca-Cola did a project with us about four or five years ago, and Coke asked us to create just some general content. It wasn't branded so much for Coca-Cola. They were going to use, uh, they wanted kind of video and music-driven content that they could use at the opening of uh, their con uh, film festival and also being able to use this video inside of bars and nightclubs around the world. And one of the things they also asked us to do aside from creating the content was to get a lot of views to the content. And with that, what we really learned in that process um, was the beginnings of how to do this. And at the end of that, we did create that content. We did get 10 million views. And remember, this is already four or five years ago, and 10 million views was pretty spectacular then. Yeah. and really what we began to learn about was a workflow and that workflow means at the same table in the same department is as, a, as opposed to let's say like how an agency is set up today frequently which is like a writer and an art director kind of coming up with a concept um, and then they bring that concept to a producer you have an account team that says here's so much money they have to spend for it and then to execute it what we realized was when you put in the room the creative, the distribution specialist, like the people that are really going to syndicate this, there's going to be a real feedback there about like what the heck needs to happen. And you also surround that with production because the proliferation of media that's necessary today, um, you need to be able to produce at very different price points in order to create a proliferation of content that really makes a difference.
0: All right. Well, so that's a, a, lot, of, a, a lot of things you guys are up to, Scott. What, let me just circle back on one point, which is uh, in, in, in my world, working with L'Oreal, working with, with big, big name people as part of the content. How do you feel that content making has evolved over the, you know, the, the years that you've been working in it? Because you, know, you talk about having big stars. Some brands think of the big stars as the content, but I'm going to think that that's changed. How's you, how do you feel it's changed?
1: Well, I think that there's two there's two two things that have really changed. I mean, certainly in terms of uh, in terms of let's say like L'Oreal, like we happen to represent in our YouTube network uh, people that help you know stars basically, but they're you know that, that have eight million views in the United States alone per month that are watching them every month. So, what a star is has really changed. And these people are done this out of their, you know, out of their house. And they really have real viewers watching about this subject. So certainly what a star is, I think has really changed. I think also as far as like as far as the creation of content, we live in a world right now that you can create high quality content for a fraction of the price that many of us grew up creating content for. Uh, both from terms of recording it, meaning great DSLR cameras with great lenses get great quality editing it etc so those things have really changed and uh,
0: if you're a brand then how do you make that decision between the expensive you know well known hollywood star and this uh, girl in, in a in a computer room in seattle
1: well, I think that there's, I think there's, I think first of all, I have a lot of respect for, for brands and what they're doing. So they, they've they got to really know about, they've got to, they really have a good feel for what their brand represents and the meaning of a star. But they also could make a decision to say, what is the meaning of having somebody who has an authentic audience, people that really know them and having that person utilize your product uh, and utilize their authenticity to give your brand authenticity and really also what we've learned to do over time is set up key performance metrics that we really study closely like what are you look and i'm sure brands do this as well but what are you really looking for the content to do and perform and set up measures for it and see is it is it really being effective i mean certainly I'd say the value of some of these not new stars is authenticity. Mm-hmm. They really, what makes them tick, what makes them tick with their audience, is that they their audience feels this is a really authentic person. So when that person endorses whatever your product is, I think I think it's worth a lot.
0: Yeah, well, do, do, do you not feel, or I sort of feel anyway, <laughs> that when you when you buy a Hollywood star. Uh, where there's a contract and there's many millions going with it, brands and consumers, by extension, uh, they're buying a uh, an institutional voice where the Hollywood star is programmed to say these good words, and the uh, love this product. Yeah, thanks to the million dollar check I have. Whereas the authenticity of the small, you know, quote unquote less big star, is that they 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 still have an autonomy in what they're allowed to say. Or at least that's the impression
1: absolutely I mean I think that there's a real truth to it I can say from working with these people they won't say what they don't believe it's a different you know we do deals with big stars and little stars and and what I would say is is that a lot of let's say the more YouTube type stars who you're really focused on a much younger audience take their authenticity extremely seriously and um, and I think that you get a very valuable endorsement when they engage with it.
0: That's really cool. I think
1: one of the other things that a break, pardon.
0: No, no, go ahead. Continue. I
1: think one of the other, I think one of the other things that we've learned at our offices as we've kind of grown our audience from zero to you know billions and billions of views or monetizable impressions a year is that the reason why also a less expensive price point in creating content could be very effective for a brand is what we've learned is when you somebody when you create the content let's say that you're going to create it and not engage with somebody who already has the audience or you're going to create content that goes along with that person well that gives you the opportunity to connect permanently with that person that came to view your content. So if your own content is created correctly and you're asking the audience looking at it in a very simple way to subscribe or share, that means that that audience is coming to you. And next time you post and share, you can get directly back to an audience that that you know likes you without paying for media uh, buying again.
0: So, yes, yeah, Scott, one of the things that you're saying is that you've got these uh, engaged, more or less loyal subscribers. One of the things that fascinates me when I spoke with JD about your, your, your whole vision and what you're up to is your ability to garner a, uh, a distribution system for content. Can you talk us through how you've got that going and how can brands take advantage of that?
1: sure i mean in in our offices we're very focused on you know kids and female demographics and that means that what we're doing is is we're aggregating a tremendous amount of of content but content that has a lot of views a lot of these people are in youtube they have a tremendous amount of views and by being represented by driver uh, what they get from us is certainly um introduction into brands that that can help to help uh, advertise across their properties or brand integrate with them. And certainly what a brand gets is a company that really knows how to produce and manage that relationship so the brand gets what they need out of it. Certainly, we aggregate content there, and then likewise, we create some of our own content. And through the course of the last year and a half, we're up to about 4.5 billion monetizable impressions uh, over the course of a year, and we're continuing to grow every day and grow in subscribers and viewers. And I think that what a brand can certainly get at that is our ability to integrate them or put their product put their advertising alongside really authentic content and even you know help them execute really well, either with that content, brand integrating into it, or creating content that goes alongside of it that only works for the brand. Um, so there, and no, I think we obviously have a lot of experience doing that.
0: So in, in essence, a brand, you're not going to be able to buy your audience, or oh, sorry, you're not going to be able to have your network necessarily become fans of your product, but you can use the network to distribute content. I mean, because at the same time, you have people who are bloggers who are, could decide that I like this product from a L'Oreal lipstick or whatever, sure. but that's, that's one kind of content is branded content. The other one is I have video that I want to distribute. Uh, what are the options that you can propose to brands in terms of uh, you know, integrating into your network?
1: Sure. I mean, to to your point, we can really work with you in a lot of ways from advertising, I mean, straight like, you know, banners and pre rolls across the content, brand integration into the content, and then creating its own content or working with content that they've already created and driving and utilizing the techniques that we use to drive views and subscribers to our content. We could use against uh, a brand's content and guarantee them a certain audience. We could also. Offer them integration into our audience. Let our audience drive traffic to their content, and really just creating great audiences and great views and big potential for subscriber bases, etc. All
0: right. So, can you talk us about your the metrics? You've got a lot of metrics and a whole back office that's of interest. Can you talk us through just you know the, what what does that look like?
1: Well, certainly, there's 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 metrics that brands always want performance on that we're certainly Era. But from our own network and growth, we're always concerned with we're concerned with a lot of different metrics. But some of them that really matter to us are certainly watch time. We want to make sure that if we, if we get a viewer to see something, we want to make sure being all the way through. And if they're not, we want to make sure that our teams in real time are fixing that, making sure that we're giving that viewer a great experience. Two, we also want to make sure that when they get get done with one video, that they're seeing another video. If they don't really watch a particular video and they're not going to the next one, it's a series we may not continue. We're really concerned with making sure that the watch time is through and full, and that they're getting to the next video. Watch time is really important also on, on platforms like YouTube, considering their main algorithm right now is based on watch time. So if you're getting a big watch time, what they do then is they suggest it to people that are watching similar content. And that suggestion box from YouTube can drive a tremendous amount of traffic. So we want to make sure that we have watch time, Subsequent viewing, and then certainly we want to see the percentage of that audience that winds up subscribing. Because if they subscribe to us, when we post content again, it automatically goes into their inbox. So that's a value to us. So I'd say around those three key performance indicators is is those that's really important to us.
0: That sounds great. What, so the uh, one last thing I wanted to circle back on, Scott, you had said before is that when you are going in and you bring the the content producers and the distributors and the agencies together, you end up with all the key players at the table to begin with. How frequently does that happen? Do you find like you have to proselytize to bring that to happen? Because that for me is is kind of a the change that we're going through with the internet. You need to bring all the right players together up front to make things work best down the road.
1: I I think that it's a very good question. So certainly within the content that we create as Network that we don't have as a brand and as a network, what are we concerned with is programming that gets created, gets viewed, gets shared, etc. We do it on every single thing that we do from, an, from our owned and operated content. It is just a standard part of our workflow to understand that because we understand without all those pieces together, you could be making the wrong content that there isn't a demand for. You could be creating content and you have no idea if it's actually being effective or not. Yeah, the right so format internally we do it for everything externally i think you have a really good point as far as brands go it's very hard for them at least in our experience to actually get their minds around having you know being in something for a longer period of time and making a commitment to the right types of people around that content but i would also say is that the price point the cost of doing that is probably far less than creating a television commercial, and the benefit is a sustained, ongoing audience, like you're seeing from, you know, some young people inside of YouTube have greater viewership than much of network television. Um, so I think that the benefit is really, really worth it. But to your point, it's hard to get all those parties around the table from a at a, at a brand and have them sustain that workflow model for you know more than a very short period of time.
0: Well, Scott, uh, Scott Weitz, uh, digital driver. I'm um...
1: Driver digital.
0: <laughs> driver digital. Thank you for the brand correction. Yeah, no, uh, I, I've, I've always, uh, I've, of course, I have a great uh, friendship with JD, but I think you guys are onto something huge. It's great. Um, how can someone connect with you or, uh, you know, follow up with this?
1: I think the best way to connect with us is certainly the easiest way is through our websites. So you can see www.driverdigital.com it's the holding company's website you can certainly find a place to contact us through there or for just the uh direct production aspect of our business you can just go to www.driver.tv not .com just driver.tv and you likewise can connect with us through that website
0: all right scott pleasure to have you on the show thanks a lot um, I hope to uh, stay up with what you're going on, and maybe I'll be able to use you to drive all my content one day, too.
1: Absolutely. Please do. Thanks, thanks so much for having me on the show. I Say hi to JD. It. Take care. I will.
0: Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minja Dialogue radio show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. If you like the show, please don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or tweet it out. And if you speak French, you can find my other French language interviews on minterdial.fr. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at MDIAL. Happy trails.